Two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Home is where you should feel the safest. But the air there can be more dangerous, up to five times more polluted than outside air. Let us help you take the steps towards making it a healthier home with our Bryant Indoor Air Quality Solutions. We can help with everything from whole home air purifiers to indoor humidity control. To schedule an evaluation of your home's air, visit bryant.com to find a local dealer. Bryant, whatever it takes. You're listening to Black Girl Blueprint. Because black girls did it first. And honestly, better. Period. Period. (laughs) Hi, everyone, and welcome to Black Girl Blueprint, your fave podcast for all the Gen Z black girl tea. My name's Lauren. And my name is McKean, and thanks y'all for tuning in to today's episode. So it is officially the first episode of our second season, which is crazy because it feels like we just launched this like last week. So thanks y'all for listening. You know, that's the, that's the goal. <laughs> I feel like we have to do like a quick, you know, recap. We had some pretty dope guests for season one, if we do say so ourselves, if we give ourselves a little pat on the back. <laughs> do you have a favorite episode? um I don't know I think I love them all definitely and I think I'm definitely so grateful for all the guests that we had on I think the conversations that I felt like the most that I could be a part of was I really loved the body image conversations that we had with Ariam I really really loved her and her energy too she She was great she just was that girl (laughs) she's always been that girl for real Um, period and then Zoli as well. That was one of our earlier episodes. But just like being able to chat about the entertainment industry and everything we had there. To nostalgia with our old favorite like TV shows and stuff. Beautiful. I, I think those yes. two are probably my favorite. And Kaima as well. That fashion episode. That's what I was going to say. Kaima yeah, was, she was she's so like easy to talk to. She was so interesting and like has so much insight. I love talking to her. I would definitely like. Talk to her all day. <laughs> for real. For real. I was like, let's be friends. Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I forgot to recording an episode. I was like, "Yo, come see more." For real, like, please. It's so much insight, and I was like, beautiful. Just was like, there's so much progress that we've made to, even in terms of like social media. Thank you, mm-hmm. everyone listening, who also follows us on social media. We hit what 700 on Insta. Period, We're at over yeah. a thousand on Twitter. Over three thousand downloads as well to all y'all that are listening. Thanks. So, thank you so much. We appreciate it so, so much. And we're so happy to be doing this. This podcast is my pride and joy. Whenever I talk to you about it, I'm like, so literally whatever I do, like any interview, if, if it's for like sustainability stuff, I'm like, I'll start my podcast for Gen Z Black Women. Right. Put that in there. I'm Not like, one, like listen to it. Literally. And I will be like, here's the link. I need you to drop <laughs> that link on your website and put it there. I can't. But. No, for real. I think if I had to pick favorite guests from season one, hmm. Definitely Kaima. Kaima, I was going to say also. I also loved talking to Naomi. Like, yeah. the fact that I think sometimes we forget that Gen Z 
is deep. Like there's a lot of Gen Z that is like, I forget the youngest Gen Z age, but I'm pretty sure even Blue Ivy is Gen Z. So like getting to talk to like the younger half of the spectrum of our generation was so interesting. And she, you know, she's profound. Like she's done more than most people have done in their lifetimes. Like speaking to a million people at age 11 in fifth grade, like what? And, and she just had so much insight. And like, I also, even about that conversation, like I valued us being able to talk about like the experiences of being a bl only black girls at private schools. So that was probably my favorite one. Definitely. She, I wish I was like that. I wish I was that insightful when I was there. She used a couple right. words and I was like, I know. She used one word. I remember when she, she said it, we were other. like, um. <laughs> and I was like, I know what that word means, but I don't know how to use it in a sentence. And you just used the sentence. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she was amazing. Um, that was great. But yeah, we're so excited for this season. We are. We have a lot of like dope topics lined up. So get ready. Today, we will be talking specifically about, you know, toxic traits. We're going to begin with some self-reflection. We're nearing the end of the year. So we thought it'd be nice to like, you know, really sit back, take some time. And like kind of not roast ourselves and not, you know, like call out the bad parts of ourselves, though we will be doing that a little bit. But, you know, just take some time and really like think about the things that we can work on on ourselves, which is something that I think we could all benefit from doing. So that's the topic of today. But, you know, before we get into that, as always, we have to get into our Read the Room the segment we open every show with. So what are we talking about today? So for anybody who is new here, um, basically, the Read the Room is the time at the beginning of every episode where we just have a little chat, you know, about what's going on in the world, what's going on in pop culture, Black Twitter, talk about our personal lives, answer your questions, and more. So today, we're just going to do a little bit of a catch-up and a check-in, basically, what's been going on and the gap in between season one and season two, what's been happening in our lives, on Twitter, and everything in between. And yes, there's a lot of things. Twitter's been spicy these past for real oh. it was like we took a month off and twitter was like oh we have new topics for y'all why don't you kick us off let's start with a little personal life updates tell me about your thanksgiving everything's going on go ahead yes so since we last recorded i think i ended the last you know episode of season one saying that i was hopefully gonna have a car and i got a car that's so that's awesome. my biggest life update in the month we've been off her name is layla period I don't know why it just came to me and you know like I just feel so free I don't even be having nowhere to go but I just be like yes but yeah that's that's been an update um you know classes are still a thing and we trying to push through on that front we are almost at the end I see the light finals are coming so that's cool um you know we've talked about internships that's still exhausting but you know we survived <laughs> we surviving persevere, persevere. yeah and on a more positive note thanksgiving just passed and that was a lot of fun it was a nice needed like pause you know really uh, kind of like this episode it was a great time like me and my family of course talk about like what we're thankful for so that was nice to you know just like ground ourselves especially in this crazy year when it can be so easy to like forget all the things that you do have it was a nice like pause so how about you what's been going on in your life tell us the tea yeah same thing here with you know the classes I'm trying to persevere to push through they make it hard I don't know something about these online classes has these teachers being so deeply out of pocket like right like again, 
recording this on a Saturday. I just have an assignment due today at 8 p.m. Last weekend, I had a midterm on a Saturday. I don't know, why are you giving me midterms in November? I don't know how the math works on that. Right, like mid, mid. And midterm yeah, and- It's a new month. <laughs> new month, new me. What is going on? <laughs> but yeah, I'm basically trying to push through these classes, push through with these internships, trying to get it all done. I'm excited that Christmas season is on the horizon. That's my favorite holiday. Yes. Thanksgiving is really nice this year, though. I'm really grateful it was the first time. So do you remember, I think it was the fifth episode, we were talking about me not being able to cook. Yeah. And it was like... How how could you? How could you I not know. Cook? But I did some cooking. I did some chefing it up. Period. I so many recipes. But one of my close friends, she was basically like ordering me and my other friend around. I was chopping. I chopped mushrooms. I chopped squash. I chopped onions. I was stirring wow. some pasta. I was doing it all. I was in there. ratatouille. Listen, I was killing. <laughs> it. I was doing great. A ratatouille. Come on, Miss Remy. <laughs> She was there pulling my hair, like, <laughs> telling me what to do. But no, I, I think the best thing that has happened, I mean, not the best thing, but I did have a racist roommate situation, and she did finally move out. Wait, bro, <laughs> I don't think I even told you all of this. I don't think you even mentioned this on the podcast. Like, you need to tell the girls what happened. I've put it so much in my personal life. Like, everyone knows that I had a racist roommate living with me. But no, she was a lot. Um, she was this white Brazilian girl. Um, and she basically came to me and my other black roommate one day and she was like, hey, like why is the N-word offensive? And I was like, excuse Girl, me. Girl, not in my space. Not when I'm like, trying to relax. Not, not in this Negro household. How dare you? How dare you <laughs> say that to me? And then she put on a whole thing and she ended up saying like the N-word in Portuguese. She had a whole thing and she was like, yeah, like I've never had any friends of color. I'm like, girl, you grew up in Brazil. There's hella black people in Brazil. They're literally, like, the most black people outside the continent of Africa. Make it make sense to me, ma'am. I'm like, what are you doing? She had a whole thing. She was conservative. She made jokes about how she was like, yeah, all my friends are voting for Trump. She just was doing a lot. She was doing a lot. The she devil. was aggressive. I think that was the biggest one. So basically, my other black roommate, she's biracial, but she's also, like, 6'2". And I'm here, 5'7". And she's like, yeah, I think I'd be more scared of Lauren in a fight. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, you're just really aggressive. And I'm like... <laughs> It's time for you to go. <laughs> but she just moved out on her own. We didn't even have to, like, push her too much. Never apologized. Never could, you know, tried to be like, yeah, I'm not actually racist. She just went with it. She was just like, they found me out. Gotta go. Like, that was it. <laughs> she said, I've been, what is it? I've been made. <laughs> I cannot. That's terrible. Well, congrats. Cheers to that. <laughs> Glad she's gone. When she was moving out, we all just sat in the kitchen and just watched her pack up and I'm leave. Like, Bye. <laughs> I know she's punching the air right now, but Biden won the election. Yes. But Trump did not win. He did not. But does he not? Does he not? Find out next week. <laughs> he knows he didn't win the election. Twitter was so funny. Bro, I think there was something about, like, there was one tweet I saw. They were like, yo, like, my cousin lives in D.C. He has a moving company. If you need some recommendations, let me know. I cannot. I think there was, I remember like the day of the election before, at the point when it even looked like Trump might win. I don't know if you remember that. Like, you know, it was like unclear at the beginning until the mail-in ballot started to come in. But yep. And so then it was like, there was a picture though. It might've been fake and it it might not have been real, but it looked like a moving truck outside of the White House. And someone was like, Melania, stay ready. Melania was like, get me out of here. (laughs) I can't. Get them both out, please. She divorces him. She's like, for real i'm like imagine it's gonna happen she don't even be wanting to hold his hand in public i'm like that i was gonna say that poor man but no it's what he deserves 
for real and honestly it's what she deserves too i feel like a lot of times in public discourse we'd be like pitying melania but she's also trash she was also trying to convince us that barack obama was not american she like was also the one just she could steal michelle obama's speech and then they never let her give a public address ever verbatim almost <laughs> her first speech she ever gave as first lady she said oh <laughs> college students know how to plagiarize better than that she was like, yeah, copy and paste there we go and deceased <laughs> Cannot. Well, good riddance to this. The past four years, man. Ooh, Chile. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> but yes, that was that was a a kind of exhale. You know, we talked about the election in the last episode, so y'all know how we feel. But I feel better. But do I feel great? No. <laughs> <laughs> Will I probably be in this country for another four years? Perhaps. You know, <laughs> Trump was ready to kick us out. He was like international. I think kind of in the vein of like Black Twitter and all the jokes, because we are cackling right now, we're cracking up. Uh, let's do a little Black Twitter roundup. I think that's a little good way to sum up some of the things that's been happening over the past couple of weeks. Let's start with the Ken and Diara situation, which, so basically for anybody who doesn't know, but I feel like most people probably would, they're basically a YouTube couple, I would assume. I guess that's the way to describe them. But I mean, they're known for being like, you know, couple goals, I suppose. They go on like, trips together they do a lot of videos i think they're engaged right for years too like they've been black couple of youtube for like years and they're so young <laughs> literally i think i remember them maybe not middle school but like early early high school i remember them being mm-hmm. a couple so basically there was a whole a video i guess that went around of ken and there was some girl outside someplace i don't even understand the context of that video what was going on apparently touched her butt in the video and then all of you know twitter was like oh my gosh if even Zara and ken are cheating how will i ever find a man to love me and i'm like love doesn't exist Uh." (laughs) my heart is broken i'm like you don't even know these people (laughs) my thing was first and foremost i don't like youtube couples i'm sorry i'm not ashamed to say it people who like spend all day just watching these Couples and YouTube couples are a disease. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. It's a fact. I literally saw a tweet this morning. It's like, imagine falling in love with somebody and then like, I was just gonna bring that up. They want to start a YouTube couple prank channel. I, 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 <laughs> We're breaking we, up. We are breaking. <laughs> I feel like the funniest thing about that whole situation is that because YouTube couples are so like awful, I guess, and I guess that's how they make their income. His whole thing was like, I didn't cheat on Diara. Um, basically, he would rather be accused of sexual harassment than cheating. Like, he had a choice. Right. Like, his apology was like, yeah, you know, the only thing I did wrong was inappropriately touching her butt. And, you know, that's not cheating. It might be sexual harassment, but I mean... Between cheating and sexual harassment. And you chose sexual harassment over... I was like, wow. That's deep. That's deep. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, I... I hope yeah. Ciara's doing well. I hope she's having an amazing day today. Me too. That's all. Like I, I don't understand the context of how he just ended up touching her, but he's like, I don't even know this girl. I met her five minutes ago, and then I touched her. And I'm like, you think that's better than right. cheating? <laughs> it's a still problem. You still owe her an apology. <laughs> you owe both of them an apology. <laughs> I can't. Men. I hate them all. <laughs> mm. but yeah, on to, okay, okay, on to a problematic black woman 
who we love. We but... love, we love, love. Mm. We're, gonna, we're gonna preface with we love yes. our, our original VP. Okay. We, we do. <laughs> VP Kiki Palmer herself, True Jackson herself. So there's been a couple things with her. One I'm gonna only talk briefly about, and then the other we'll get into. So she one, there's a little controversy because apparently she's like dating a white man. Not a problem, none of my business, but we did want to note it. But also more controversial with Miss Kiki Palmer in the past month is she made some comments about EBT cards and like, she, she was like, what did she say? She was just like, if you have an EBT card, imagine if you could only buy like healthy foods with an EBT card, like imagine how much better we would be. And then everyone was like, girl, like, do you think that they'd get like all the money in the world like chips are cheaper than lettuce like and also like let people buy their snacks if this <laughs> is not your business like girl people are basically coming for her for like trying to like demonize poor people and making unhealthy choices as if most people on ebt cards aren't also in like food deserts but anyways but anyways we you know she, we, we let that rest so people came for her and then she tried to like fight back and she was like y'all y'all like I know what I'm talking about I have friends who are on EBT cards like she was trying to make it seem like no I, I'm well in my right to speak on this whereas like but you probably you've been a star since like 13 how many millions do you have and like wh why should we listen to you about this you don't you don't know but anyways it was one of those moments you know again where celebs could have chosen to be quiet and they didn't she took the summer walk around <laughs> exactly and they did it she really did take the summer walker erica badu route like just chatting for no reason <laughs> literally it's on a just, random like tuesday please i'm like nobody <laughs> asked maybe nobody asked please for real <laughs> I'm just Let saying, people enjoy their like, food like shoot. in a pandemic, please. How are you talking about? Please, I'm kidding. I can't. Yeah. People. I don't know. <laughs> we love Miss Kiki. We love Miss Kiki, but please. And I think, but in good news, literally good news. Good news. <laughs> the fun I made there. Did you see? Yep, yeah, that was great. That was great. <laughs> but Meg's album, listen. Period. I am so here for it body lives rent free in my brain i'll literally be in my zoom class and all my brains is going like body yada, yada. that's it that's it 24 7. bob after bob like the album of the year the album the album y'all started honestly the first song when i i I'm, I'm gonna admit i haven't listened to the whole thing yet i've only listened to the first like seven songs i forgive maybe. you i forgive you but the first song but from the first song i knew i, knew. I was like she killed it she <laughs> she really just ate like the whole however many minutes skated mm. immaculate she did a great job i'm so so proud of her and i'm glad she's getting her flowers so we're gonna have a little hype up meg moment right now with what we're gonna do let's just talk about all the things that she's done literally over the past couple months gq rapper of the year 2020 bet yep. artist of the year open yep. the new season of saturday night live yep and still managed to shout out Brianna Taylor in a performance on SNL. Like, it was just ugh. iconic. Our queen. Right. Our queen. Wow. We're going to do it for Black women, but Black women. That's it. Period. Oh, wow. Period. <laughs> she was also Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People. She was the cover. And that cover is the cover with the, the braid, braid and the gold dress and the thigh. Uh, it literally, I think we talked about this before, but it reminds me of that like gif of Beyonce where like the braid 
fog mm-hmm. on her shoulder. I'm like, black and she like flips it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Come on, black girls from Houston. We see y'all. <laughs> but it was amazing. I'm so, we're so beyond proud of her. And even though he who shall not be named tried to come with a little mm. album or whatever little that nobody listened to because like she ate that shit up and she was amazing. She did. I love her. Great job. 10 out of 10. Literally, like, we have no words. This is a, this is a Megan, this is a Mike, Megan the Stallion Stan, Stan podcast. Amen. Like, <laughs> just so y'all know. <laughs> but also, you know, in the vein of music, there's been a lot that's happened. There, It's like almost award show season again. Like, nominations are coming out and a lot of awards are happening. Um, some notable ones, Chloe and Hallie, who y'all know. This is also Chloe and Hallie Stan podcast. <laughs> Literally from the very first, first episode. episode of the podcast. <laughs> They've come up like every time. But they got five nominations for the BET Awards, which is major. They also were nominated for, I don't know the exact number, but they were nominated for a few Grammys as they should because that album, like, what? I just, I listened to it again the other day and I was like, wow, like, they really did not sleep on any track. So mm-hmm. that was dope. They're also, the Grammy nomination mm-hmm. came out, which we just said, but there was some controversy. There are some major, you know, like, Black women moments, notably Chica, who was also an XXL freshman list rapper. She was nominated for Best New Artist, which is major. Right. And like that, once you win that award, like Justin Bieber won that award and that's what put him on. So like, that's a major award. But also, you know, of course, there were a good number of snubs. And I don't know if y'all saw the Tiana Taylor tweet, but Tiana Taylor was one of the snubs because she put out a pretty good album this year. It was long, I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of songs on there, but they were good. And, you know, she tweeted, I'll just read her tweet because it kind of named all of the other sort of black women and JoJo, who's not black, but also was snub. Because the R&B Album of the Year nominees were all men. Every single one of them, which is crazy. So Tiana Taylor tweeted, she just listed the names. She said, Brandy, Her, Kehlani, Summer Walker, Victoria Monet, Janae Aiko, JoJo, Ari Lennox, SZA, Tinashe. Like, she said, the list goes on and on. But you know you are loved and appreciated over here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, again, it goes to show, like, I really think it's time we start putting more weight in these BET awards. Like, I don't think we should rely on no white institution. We've heard their music. Why do we think that? Exactly. <laughs> that Dr. Umar thing where he's like, why do you need white man paperwork? Why do you need this man's award? Put it in the BET award. We don't need it. Like, Don't need it. it. Keep, keep it. it. But also, like, do give us the I mean, give it to us anyway, because we like to get awards right. from y'all. But... Come on. I just feel like it's so, so unfair. Like, all the people that she listed, even though I might not listen to all of them as much, like, some of the people that I saw nominated, I'm like, I mean, no hate to Taylor, because, you know, during my little angsty teen years, I used to listen a lot, but, like, who was chatting about folklore? I've, I've heard absolutely nothing about those albums. Who's folklore? That's that's the album that she dropped. Oh, Taylor Swift's album? Yeah. Oh, girl. That's my point that's for <laughs> Thank you for that. I was like, whose name is Folklore? So I'm like, nobody's talking about that album, but you know, mm-hmm. it's whatever. I'm I'm happy yeah. that Savage got so many nominations because that was a bop. For real. That's they first. said this is the only black song we're gonna acknowledge. And it's a good one. And they did acknowledge it's it. It's nominated. They acknowledge like, it a lot. A good number of awards, but yeah. But Meg also did get some Grammy noms. Thank so you. you're happy about, happy about that. that. But anyways. 
the last thing we wanted to talk about was the Fresh Prince reunion. So I feel like in a lot of our like episodes, we have been talking a lot about like you know '90s black TV, and I feel for me, Fresh Prince was one of the shows that I watched like religiously. Like it was always on my TV. No other characters. I thought that I was going to be Ashley. Like I just related her so much but so seeing like that they had the reunion that happened on hbo was so you know nice and heartwarming to see but i think the part of it that struck me the most was as we all know and mckean and i were just talking about this a thing that hollywood loves to do is they'll have a dark scene character black woman for the first season and then next season all you know is just this light-skinned girl and you're like where did she come from right. my wife no is, comment like no context no nothing it's just my wife and kids did it. Fresh Prince did it with, you know, Aunt Viv. And I think growing up, I don't think a lot of us, since we were so young, really understood what the controversy was or even like the weight that a controversy like that would hold. But seeing, you know, Aunt Viv, I don't remember her name. And I feel really bad referring to her as Darcy and Aunt Viv, but I don't, I think her name is Janet. I'm going to call her Janet. Um, but basically, she really, really opened up about you know, how that impacted the rest of her career. And I think what something she said was like, it's hard enough to be a dark skinned black woman, but calling, you know, a black woman in Hollywood difficult is literally the kiss of death. And she was talking about how it was so hard for her to get work after that. She was talking about how that just really, really impacted the trajectory of her career. And I feel like we don't talk about that enough, like how it's already so, so difficult and how even within like, race there's also intersectionality of how much power like black men hold over black women and right. to just call her difficult that one time get her fired and we never heard from her again like i don't think i saw ever saw her in anything else and she was so so no. talented i that's so right. sad and i mean a lot of people are saying like we're glad that she maybe got the closure that she needed on that situation but how does that make up for what 30 years worth of opportunities lost Right, like so delayed, like finally, but it it was a little bit like, dang, now yeah. y'all do this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that was profound to watch, like that, it, it's just, you felt, it was real, and I, I, it was sad, it really was, like you felt for her, and we always kind of joke about Aunt Viv, like, you know, we, we joke about it, we, we use it in lyrics, we talk about dark skin Aunt Viv all the time, but we don't, you know, like that really was like a career that was like completely undone from one little comment from Will Smith, who was like 20 at the time. He was too. <laughs> and that just held so much more right. weight over, her. I just can't. He was, I think Fresh Prince was literally his big break, basically. Right. And like, she'd been in the industry longer. She, I just can't. It makes me so mm -hmm. upset. But even thinking about like how frequently that probably happens like we know about Aunt Viv because I mean we all grew up on Fresh Prince but think about all the people we literally never heard of again or who never even made it onto the screen in the first place because of like that. Right. Recastings before they start right yep but mm. anyways that was worth watching if you haven't watched it definitely watch it but you know moving away from the read the room into today's discussion which again is about you know, self-reflection, toxic traits, you know, really just really roasting ourselves, but with care and with the intention of learning and doing better. <laughs> That's how we're phrasing it. <laughs> yes. So we're going to start off with something simple. You know, I think with our generation, we all have different ways of categorizing our 
our personalities oh. and the things that we do and like justifying them. So, you know, some people rely on like those personality tests, other people, you know, defend how they exist with like their love language test results. Other people use like their sun rising, moon. <laughs> you know, I don't know nothing about <laughs> nothing <astrology>. at all. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, the top three. <laughs> some people use their zodiac yeah. signs to, you know, defend and explain their behaviors. But at the end of the day, whatever you use to explain it is one thing, but however you adjust to it is another. So first we're gonna start off with like, just so for anyone who's listening, who actually really does believe in and hold weight in those measures of personality, we just wanted to let y'all know who we are beyond the chats, beyond the labs. (laughs) We'll start with astrology and maybe I'll take the reins a little bit because McKean doesn't really understand what I'm struggling, but it's okay. But I think I do, to a certain extent, I don't know, I feel like for me, it's comforting to believe in astrology and to see it. But I also feel like to a certain point, I can acknowledge when I don't think that things are accurate. So for me personally, I'm a Cancer Sun, I'm an Aquarius Moon, and I'm a Leo Rising. And I think the reason why I can place some weight in it is because basically the first time I asked my mom what time I was born, which is your rising sign, I think... Or maybe it's the moon. I don't know. But maybe I don't know that much either. But Girl, if you don't know. <laughs> but basically, she gave me the wrong birth time. And she told me that I was born at 7 a.m. And that would have made me a cancer rising. And I was like, that doesn't really make sense or whatever. That doesn't feel like that's me or whatever. And then, like, a year or two later, she came back and I asked her again. And she, like, had the videotape. And she was like, oh, yeah, you were born at, like, 8 a.m., which would have made me, like, a Leo. And I was like, that makes so much more sense. So I was able to like identify that like that cancer doesn't seem right. And it ended up not being right. Maybe that's just a coincidence. Maybe I just didn't want to be double cancer because that's the emotional one. And I'm like, I am not, I am not out here crying every single day, but I definitely can like see it in me when I like reflect on myself. I definitely see the cancer in me, which is more like sensitive and nurturing, but also the Aquarius, which is very like logical and to the point and like the Leo, which is where I think a lot of like my confidence and being extroverted comes from but again i probably could spin anything to pick out different characteristics of me but i really like astrology i also do tend to judge people based on their astrology just a tad just a little bit i just just because i feel like i have had bad experiences with certain zodiac signs and i'm like i don't know if i trust y'all i don't think i like that but i don't know mckean what's your chart and explain it as you can yeah, you know, I'm going to just read it off. I'm going to hope y'all can. <laughs> okay, so my son, which I know because I now have co-starred, is a Cap- Capricorn, which I think means I'm like about my business and stuff, which I believe is true, maybe. My moon is a Gemini. Don't even know what that means. Lauren just made a face. I feel like it's <laughs> But I have way too much Gemini in my chart, so I don't know. I can't. I, girl, I'm going to just tell y'all. Y'all can do what you want. <laughs> My rising is Scorpio. I have nothing else to add. <laughs> I think I definitely do see it in you. I think I definitely see the Scorpio in you. I don't know. I just associate Scorpios a lot with confidence as well, even though they're a water sign. I definitely, I feel like the Scorpio I see. Capricorn, I also see. Gemini. It. I don't like that, but that's okay. We'll move on to the next thing. We'll move on. We'll move on. 
<laughs> All right. So next we thought we would just go into like the concept of love languages. And if you aren't familiar, a love language is something that people have used to sort of identify like the ways that you give love and the ways that you like to receive love. And there are a lot of different ways it can be. I think all of the options are acts of service, you know, personal touch, words of affirmation, quality time and receiving gifts. So there are what, five different sort of categories of like how you like to sort of give and be loved. Yeah. So for me, I just kind of ranked them. I think for me, my most important is, it's probably a tie between like quality time and physical touch. Anyone in my life, like I will give you a hug all the time. I'm always trying to hold hands with everybody. <laughs> my cousins be like, what do you need to hold my hand right now for? And I'm just like, just because, you know? <laughs> like don't ask questions, just hold my hand, God. <laughs> I think quality time also, you know, I just, I like to be around the people that I love. Like, we don't even got to be doing nothing. We could just be chilling. So that's nice. Mm -hmm. Words of affirmation for sure. Like, give me some validation because I need to hear it. And, you know, my bottom two, which is obviously, you know, all of these are to an extent true for all of us, but, you know, we kind of rank them based on how much you do and like them. But bottom two for me are acts of service in receiving gifts. Don't get me wrong. I still mm -hmm. like being- so They get that working. <laughs> for real, I was like, you can give me stuff. But it's not my like top measure of like, okay, I know you love me because you gave me a gift. Or like, I know you love me because you did something that for me. That makes sense. So how about you, girl? What's, what are yours? I don't know. I feel like within love languages, there is some controversy. They're like, oh my gosh, receiving gifts people are like, so shallow or like acts of service people are really shallow and i'm like child anyways uh, my top one is acts of service because <laughs> i don't know i think for me there's something i'm about that action which is why i also think words of affirmation is my last one which is very surprising because most people have that like validation up towards the top i don't know i'm very much about like actions speak louder than words and like you can really just say anything but if your actions aren't matching up then like that's not important to me so I think acts of service, just because I'm also like very much a workaholic and we'll get into our self-destructive tendencies later, but my one of my biggest ones is that I put way too much on my plate than I can handle. So I think for me, someone loving me is seeing that and wanting to like help me with that, I guess. And I guess, I don't know, that just works for me. And then there's quality time, physical touch, and then receiving gifts and then words of affirmation. And I think something about the receiving I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes gifts one that I really really like which is why I don't understand when it gets like such a bad rap because I don't think it's so much about like this is shallow and I'm just materialistic and I like things but there's also something like really romantic like I remember one time there was someone that I was seeing and they were like in a bookstore or something and they saw a book that they thought I would like 
and they were like, hey, I saw this and it reminded me of you, so I got it for you. And I'm like, that's really sweet. Because I feel like also, like, the yeah. types of gifts you get can, like, show that someone, like, knows things about you or, like, they had they were thinking right. of you and they wanted to get something for you because they thought you would like it. I don't know. That's really, really sweet and endearing to me. But it's also interesting that I think I show love the same way that I like to receive it. And I don't know if that's the same thing for everybody, but I think I'm definitely not a very mushy person even in my like friendships or romantic relationships i'm like i'm not trying to be sappy over here you will not be getting long paragraphs for me but if you call me okay. at like 3 a.m and you need me i will be there whenever you need me whenever i'm like very reliable i will spend time with you i'll hold your hand i'm gonna get you gifts don't be expecting no long paragraphs with those emojis don't <laughs> be cringe i don't even like to get them i cannot yeah that's, good morning that's interesting point it's an interesting point to say like I think for me I've been the same though and I, I don't know if this is true for everyone too let us know y'all if you do yours but I think I'm similar I, I definitely think that I've because I know in my head like by like trying to give you a hug or like by trying to hold your hand or whatever it might be is like me giving love I also understand those gestures when extended to me as like being given love so I think that definitely is the same for me too but you know, at the end of the day, it's like all of these matter. Yeah. And ultimately, if one is missing, it might not be your top one, but over time, if one is routinely missing, like if quality time is constantly missing and it's still, it's your bottom one, you're still going to yes. feel that a little bit, you know? Makes so sense. For it. Yes. And I think the last thing that we did in preparation for this episode, because we do commit, we commit to these episodes a lot. We do be studying. We took this long ass <laughs> personality test to figure out <laughs> more about ourselves and which one we categorize as so i don't know if anybody i don't even actually remember what these tests are called but they're like the personality test i think it's like a it's a different version but it uses the same measures as like the myers-briggs personality test i believe i kind of remember that from psych in like high school <laughs> yeah, psych. but like if you type in personality test this is what's supposed to come up and it's basically divided into a bunch of categories so we both took the test and we're i guess let's just go through like if we think it's accurate or not or what it says about us because yes. episode's all about self-reflection so for me they said that i my personality type is called a protagonist and it's enfj t so that is what my i guess categorization is and basically the characteristics of the protagonist our strengths are tolerant reliable charismatic talented imitators, altruistic, and natural leaders. And then my weaknesses are that I'm overly idealistic, I'm too selfless, too sensitive, I have a fluctuating self-esteem, and I struggle to make tough decisions. Dang. Do you think it's accurate? I think it's due, definitely. I mean, I'm definitely I'm charismatic. I think I'm charismatic. <laughs> but no, no, no. I think, definitely, I think I've always seen myself maybe kind of as a leader, I think, again, we're going to go into our toxic traits again, but I think I'm very much someone who likes to take control of situations and kind of be in charge. So I guess that natural leadership does make sense to me. Also, like I was saying about the acts of service, like I pride myself on someone who's being like really reliable. If you ever need me, tolerant, I also think about that. Says I can definitely see a lot of these. I think definitely overly idealistic, I would certainly say I just I've, I have big dreams and sometimes they're not that realistic and that's very me too selfless again it's us thinking that we could get Chloe and Hallie in our first season <laughs> no, I 
going to roast ourselves, bro. If, if anybody saw the list of people that we had and we were like, yeah, 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 we're going to line these up. Like, we're going to have Chloe and Hallie and then we're going to have, who else was a reach? Do we have? Um, we, have we have a lot of reaches. I just bro. can't even think about all of them right now. Like, we're gonna get them. <laughs> there, there you go. Very, very overly idealistic. Very much overestimating ourselves. Um, and then I think the sensitive I get, selfless because I spread myself too thin. And then fluctuating self-esteem I also see a lot. I feel like I probably don't present as it, but I'm very, very hard on myself. And I think that influences that. Mm. How about you? All right. So my personality test found me to be a campaigner, mm. which they said is 7% of the population that, quote, tends to embrace big ideas and actions that reflect their sense of hope and goodwill. Don't know what that means, but I got, specifically, I got ENFP. So, like, it says my mind is extroverted, my energy is intuitive, my nature is feeling, whatever that means, and my tactics are also feeling. Does that make sense? So, anyways, do what you will with that. But some of the strengths that it lists that I think are pretty accurate is curious, observant, energetic, and enthusiastic, excellent communicators, knows how to relax, and you know, I'm very popular and friendly. So. <laughs> but some of the weaknesses that it lists, which I mean, of course, you know, I'm not going to co-sign these as eagerly, but I see some of them more than others. So it says poor practical skills, find it difficult to focus, overthink things, get stressed easily, highly emotional and independent to a fault. I definitely feel the independent to a fault yeah. one. And maybe on occasion, the poor practical skills, but honestly, the others, I'm not an overthinker and I don't really, well, maybe I, I do think a, a lot mm -hmm. about things, but I don't really get stressed or like super emotional very easily. So I don't necessarily see those. So, you know, we take these with a grain of salt. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. And I think as we, kind of bounce from, you know, what I guess the personality test tells us about ourselves and what we see about ourselves or what our friends say about us. Because like I said, we committed to this episode. So we did go and ask all of the people closest to us in our lives what they thought our biggest toxic traits and self-destructiveness were. Yes. I think before we get into what other people said, I think we should talk maybe a little bit about what we think are like most toxic traits are and kind of I guess maybe even through the lens of like the media that we consume because I think for me especially there are some toxic characters in tv shows and I'm like kind of feel you sis kind of I kind of feel that one I think my biggest biggest one we've talked about high fidelity before but Zoe Kravitz in high fidelity as Rob I kind of related to her way more than I should have and I think it actually did relate to one of the um, toxic traits that one of my friends told me that I had, which is kind of like, I call it personally myself, kind of like a main character complex or whatever, but I just, I feel like I'm the main character. I'm the star of the show. Like, this is, this is my indie movie that we are all living in. But no. I <laughs> so I think her whole, also being very, very idealistic, I think as well, just kind of like, I, I related to that one a lot. And then I think also Tony, and girlfriends i think we all see a little bit of ourselves in tony as much as we hate her for real no she i feel you like there's there's a degree to which we all kind of that's why a villain the when done perfectly is like done so well because you have an element that you like see yourself in them and you can relate and like feel pity for them while also acknowledging that they're trash so 
definitely feel those two. I think for me, my top one is Gabriella from the Cheetah Girls. I don't know if she was toxic, but and I don't know anything about zodiac signs, so maybe you guys will or won't agree, but like I feel like she could have been a Capricorn. No, she seemed like about her business, but she also like to a fault again, like independent to a fault. Like she ended up kind of pushing people away because she didn't know how to have fun and like relax and like be chill. Like she was so so deeply about her business that it made the people that she did business with not want to be doing business with her. So I think that's something a little bit relatable. You know, she was kind of like almost too serious, but you know, like Lauren said, we did survey our friends and family group chats to really get into our toxic traits. And, you know, one thing I did want to note before we keep going because I'm sure a lot of y'all will be able to relate to some of the things that we identify as our own, like, quote unquote, toxic traits. But the word toxic is not the most productive word. And, you know, by toxic traits, we use that because the word toxic is used so regularly. I think it's lost a lot of its weight. And like, we kind of associate toxic with like, inherently bad or like things that you need to get rid of. But I think a better way to like frame it is like counterproductive traits or like things that you know, again, like really aren't contributing to like how, you know, to, to bettering how we navigate the world. So we are going to get into those. Lauren, what are your toxic traits? Okay, so getting into it, I think the largest consensus was that my most toxic traits kind of, I've kind of covered a lot of my toxic traits before, um, but I think definitely controlling in terms of just, I want things my way. I think I know what's best. Um, and whenever I have like a group project or something to do, I'm very much the person who's like, let's do it this way. So we did, like, I'm very much want to be in control of situations. And I guess sometimes that's not always very like productive. I just want to do like my own thing and want people to go along with it, I guess. So that's definitely something um, to work on. Um, holding grudges, I can be so petty sometimes, but I mean, happens. And then I think the the last two ones, the biggest ones, were sometimes I can unintentionally be really like insensitive, I guess, just because I think as a coping mechanism, my whole thing is like to make a joke out of everything. And I think sometimes that can be inappropriate in certain situations. So just trying to be more, I guess, you know, in tune with other people's feelings. And then also just struggling with vulnerability sometimes. I think I have a thing where I like to appear strong. I don't really like to open up to people. So I tend to like bottle up my emotions. Um, so sometimes I guess I can come across a little bit as like cold or callous. Um, I don't really like mourn things in terms of like a breakup or something sad happens. I'm like, ha, anyway. And then I just kind of move along and that's not really the healthiest thing. So those are the things that my friends kind of said that are some things Lauren needs to work on and that's it. <laughs> I feel that we have a lot like when we were we kind of just got on zoom and like wrote these out together before we and like after talking to our friends but we definitely have some overlap I definitely feel the like controlling-ish yeah. part of it for me like it's definitely sometimes my way or the highway and I'm not like inter like it's not even to me like I well, well I really just am not interested in hearing and hearing anybody else's like idea of how this should be done I'm just like no this is like how I'm gonna do it so exactly and like I've been made up my mind I'll even maybe ask but I'll also just be like mm, no no yeah so definitely some of that um I think an extension of that is that 
I can be very, very stubborn in like all aspects of my life. This is something my parents said. This is something my friends said, like when I asked them. And, you know, my cousin told me that when I asked him, I was like, what is my toxic trait? The one word he said was superiority. So I feel like maybe I do have a slight, you know, the reason that I'm so dismissive of other people's ideas is that I just genuinely do believe a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times that my idea is better. <laughs> so I don't, I mean, sometimes justified, other times not but I do sometimes sort of operate. I don't believe that I know everything, but I do believe that I know more than whoever I'm speaking to. So that's definitely a, a, something a little bit counterproductive, something a little bit toxic. For me, you also mentioned holding a grudge and I felt that to an extent, like I don't hold a grudge in terms of like petty behavior, but for me, like I can't like forget something that was done. I might be able to move forward in our relationship together, but like it's always kind of like, forever going to alter like forgiveness is really hard for me like you have to work very 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 hard and I'm not normally inclined to forgive I'm normally inclined to just be like okay goodbye like mm-hmm. we're done you know what I mean so I'm not always interested in in mending a situation like I kind of feel you when you said like it's just time to move on like like I'm just over it like and I might forgive you you might people might not even know that I'm still like thinking of this one thing about that that they did that I thought was problematic, but like it's constantly going to like change how I view people for sure, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing my friends said about me where they said your biggest toxic trait about me is that I'm an only child. So, you know, that might speak to the independent to a fault. Mm-hmm. I was not raised with siblings. I think I'm pretty good. I've been told at least that I don't give only child vibes to the same extent as other only children, which I'm proud about. (laughs) Cause like some people will be surprised when I say I'm an only child, but you know, you meet some only children and it's like, dang, like I could tell you never did nothing. Like, so for me, I don't like to share. It was tough for me having a roommate for the first time in college and like sharing a bathroom. (laughs) Like those things are not natural. Very only child energy. Yeah. bathroom like what I don't like this like all the shelves are mine like these things are not you know like that was something to work on um but yeah that I think that was pretty much it that I heard and you know they all kind of are linked yeah if you look at them like maybe they are from being an only child maybe it's just me who knows but like I definitely can just be like I'm on my own way like I don't I don't mind if people disagree with me I hear you I support you over there, but I'm not going to come with you. You know what I mean? That's generally like my mindset, which works, but also poses challenges sometimes, you know? Yeah. I really love this exercise. And I think since we're having this episode, like obviously, yes, it's about like, you know, letting the audience get to know us a little bit more, but I think it's also, it was really productive. Like, I feel like, I mean, we might've been like a little bit scared, like, oh my gosh, what are our friends going to say about us? But at the same time, like just hearing what it's like to be you know perceived from the outside was like really really helpful I think and maybe I don't know maybe if you have thick skin the message I sent to my friend was like hey roast roast me like read me to filth literally at first my friends were trying to be too nice I was Uh, mm -mm, mm -mm. Mm -mm. give it to me give it to me straight (laughs) I think that's really really important in like being able to move forward is being able to acknowledge the parts that you really don't like so much about yourself and I think that's So, so important in like steps in healing, steps maybe even in self-care, but also just like in self-awareness to know how to be 
a better person, like you have to reflect and you can't, that reflection is scary, definitely. Right. But at the same time, it's so productive and it's so helpful in learning how to be a better person. Right. So I, I encourage you also, like maybe ask the people in your life, be like, hey, what are like the things about me that I need to work on? What are some things in my life that maybe you don't like so much about me or right. make it difficult to be my friend or be, you know, close to me? Right. And I think the the interesting part about both of ours, though, is that I think that, again, like we say toxic, but most of these can be used well so I feel like when you are hearing it like the one part that I had to sort of switch in my mind was like okay these are my quote-unquote toxic traits but really these are things that like it's just something to be conscious about and Mm -hmm. to be aware of in myself it's not like I'm not asking this with the goal of changing who I am you know I'm asking with the goal of like being able to see like okay this is how things are perceived and like you might have already been aware of them but you might be caught off guard by some but like and when you are told them it's not like oh time to like rewire yourself and be somebody else or like to stop being someone that holds a grudge or to stop being someone that's controlling but to solely acknowledge like hey okay I can be a little bit controlling sometimes like sometimes that might work well for me in like xyz spaces but in other like in my friendships or like in trying to make weekend plans maybe that's time to scale back or like something to keep in mind so definitely you know don't approach these with the the again the lens of like these are part of me inherently there are things that I can work on and maybe there are things that I can change to a degree, but ultimately this is who I am. And yeah. like, how can I learn to make sure that my behavior aligns with good intentions, knowing these things? Exactly. And I think another part of this exercise as well, and thinking about like, you know, toxic or substructive, like unhealthy habits, I guess is a better way to frame them, is not just how you can be unhealthy in your relationships with other people, but also how can you be unhealthy in relationships with yourself? And I think there was a quote that I heard that also like stuck with me forever. And it was basically, would you be friends with someone who spoke to you the way that you speak to yourself or treated you the way that you treat yourself? And I think that's always stuck with me because like I've talked about before, I'm very, very hard on myself. And that is something that I think is my most unhealthy habit. I think I work too hard I spread myself too thin. I can be mean to myself and like overly critical. And I think for me, that was just something that I felt like was internal and was something that I was just grappling with. But the fact that I feel like my friends were able to recognize that in me, when I thought that that was something that was just like secret, I'm keeping to myself or whatever, was really, really interesting because it also kind of shows you how the things that you think are internal or aren't having any impact on your relationships can have an impact on your relationships, which is again, part of the reason why we felt like this was such an important conversation to have, but definitely like overthinking and stuff like that. I think it's just so, so important to recognize how you can be unhealthy to yourself and what habits you have might be self-destructive in just your everyday life as well. I think another one I have is procrastination. I can be really lazy sometimes and that sometimes works, you know, to my downfall. Again, I have an assignment that's due today at 8 p.m. Have I started? Absolutely not. So, that means I'm going to have to like stress out when I had like literally a month to do this. So in that vein, definitely being able to recognize those things yourself. As McKean said, maybe you don't have to change it. Maybe it doesn't have to be like you become a completely different person because of it. But also recognizing that I think is helpful in knowing like maybe this is something that like we could work on just a tad. Yeah, I feel that I was just thinking about like you know, we all do a lot to like hold ourselves back, whether we want to call it that or not. I think for me, I will like sometimes procrastinate to the 
to such great lengths that I'll start to sort of imagine whatever it is that I have to do as like a challenge, even when it's not, which then I sort of use to justify procrastinating even more. You know what I mean? So like, I have a tendency to definitely like avoid and procrastinate the things that I have to do. And I wish I didn't. And like, I, like, I think you talked about this in our 20 somethings episode. Sometimes I do have like days where I'm just like, yes, ready to do everything on my to-do list that I've been avoiding for months. Like, it's time <laughs> but most days it's just like mm, I'm not gonna do that today I'm just gonna watch Netflix or I'm just gonna say like I definitely do avoid for sure I think sort of another an extension of that is a little bit sometimes I give myself a little bit too much credit like the opposite of you interestingly I'm not someone who has a lot of a lot of negative self-talk in my head like I <laughs> I honestly might gas myself up too much on occasion and like I think that is a, sometimes a good thing again but like other times it's like girl like okay you can give yourself a little bit of credit but like acknowledge that you still have some work to do so I think that's something that I could work on you know not just sort of telling myself that like I don't think I'm perfect by any degree but like not telling myself that I'm set and like I did what I had to do when that isn't the case yeah um I think another one other thing, and I think that is again, like the procrastination thing is I like will think about something for a really long time and not, I don't even know if it's overthinking. I don't know if I would categorize it as overthinking because I'm not like thinking obsessively about it, but like I'll kind of think out a plan. I'll kind of think out like what I'm going to do, but I won't do. <laughs> yeah. So I think sometimes I think too much before translating that thinking into action, which is you know, it's just counterproductive. Literally, it's not productive. <laughs> it's helpful. It's a good starting place, but it's like, okay, that's the start, not the only step. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my last one, this is something I actually learned recently in a conversation I had with my cousin last week was um, I definitely, you know, in thinking about love languages and stuff like that, I am someone who kind of operates under the assumption that the way that I communicate and the way that I choose to navigate the world and like show love to other people is going to be mirrored in other people's actions which doesn't really allow for much consideration of the fact that other people have different love languages and different means of communication and different sort of ways of signaling the things that I like want to hear from them so you know what I mean so like sometimes I'll, I'll like get a little bit worked up and be like uh, like I don't feel like my friends are listening or like they're not showing me enough appreciation or like something like that when they are in their own way but I'm because I'm looking forward again in my way like I am not able to hold space for it or acknowledge it as being there you know what I mean so that's something and like those are definitely moments where I will say in the past like it can get to a point where like if you get so worked up about something in your own head but don't communicate it like you might never acknowledge that like, oh, the thing you've been looking for has been there the whole time, but not in the way that you were prepared to see it. And so those are definitely the times when it's like most helpful for me, I've learned to like talk about it. Like I, I told my cousin, I was like, I don't be feeling like y'all are listening when I'm talking. And I, he, cause I was like, you guys be on your phones or something like that was the conversation we had. And he was like, well, I'm still listening. And like, I try to show you that I'm listening in X, Y, Z ways. And I was like, okay, like, you know, there was a middle ground to be found to sort of, I guess, balance and acknowledge both of our like standards of communication. But ultimately we wouldn't have gotten there if we didn't have that conversation of like, hey, this is how I feel, you know? So that's definitely some of my counterproductive, like to myself 
treats. That's what I got. <laughs> Fair enough. I think it's, yeah, like I said before, I think this exercise is just really, really great. And like I said before, I encourage everyone to give it a try, but just getting to know yourself and having that self-awareness, I think is just really, really important in how you just navigate day-to-day -day life. Like not just in your interactions with other people, but just how you interact like with yourself, the self-talk. And I think kind of as a concluding thought for this conversation is just, you know, we didn't want to do all of this and just, and not give you some, not right. some, but like what's the next steps. So I think also in conversations, it's like, okay, so what's next? Like now that you know all these things about yourself, now that you've heard what you can work on, like how can we do and be better? So right. I think I'm gonna let McKean get into yes. it, but we really did want to like have an educational aspect at the end of this episode, kind of be like, what are the professionals saying? Like, right. What are some ways to stop your self-destructive behavior and yeah, just be a better person? Right. And for the record, like, you know, we've talked a little bit up to this point in the episode about like things that we've learned to be tactics to work against these, but like, we don't know. These are things, like we said, I talked to my cousin about that last week. Like, these are things that we are still learning about ourselves. Like, we're not the pros. So we kind of looked to the pros for some information for this closing part, but you know, there was a, there were, I read a few articles and I found, you know, the same things sort of throughout. There are general like steps about, you know, moving, being, making these sort of counterproductive traits a little bit more productive. So the first one that like everyone said was basically acceptance, feel the pain. Like if, if, if your toxic trait is causing you sort of pain or like discomfort in any situation, whether it's in yourself or you notice it in your social interactions or your relationships with people, feel it, acknowledge it. Like maybe, it, you know, the example that the article gave is like, maybe if you are like in distress, you're, it moves into action. Like maybe you're eating out of control and that's something that you want to change. So it's being able to call it out, like call out exactly what the problem is and to feel it. And then again, the second step is kind of, again, like that acknowledgement of the problem, like look at it, name it, don't run from it, like be very explicit about what it is and like think about, you know, the thing that we did in this exercise, because at first we were just trying to think of toxic traits on our own and we realized that that was a little bit difficult because we do be giving ourselves a little bit too much credit. So that's where it might be, ask your friends, like, it, and, and this is a space for you all to like have a productive conversation about each other because I think the one thing about friendships is that like we often know what our friends toxic traits are like you asked we both asked our friends and they could tell us like that but we haven't heard them say it in that way before so you know this is a, a really good exercise and like you can have ask your friends what your toxic traits are and then my friends immediately after I asked them asked me to tell them theirs and so it just left room for like you know there are things that we do that we think go unnoticed. There are things that we notice about other people that bother us that we never speak on. Like that is a time to sort of move towards healthier communications in our relationships with other people by like naming the problem, asking about it and like really getting into it. And like we said, it's not easy. And I think something with these conversations, you do kind of have the tendency to be like, okay, I'm gonna fix this overnight. It's a journey. Self-love is a journey, especially when it comes to positive self-talk this in general, just, you know, having the self-awareness and being able to act on it, especially if you're a procrastinator like us, it's going to take a while. It might take a minute, but definitely the biggest things that we're like seeing here in terms of just how we deal with these toxic traits, how we, you know, cope with our self-destructive tendencies is communication and then being with honest with ourselves and just, you know, not being hopeless and knowing that there's action that you can take and these negative thoughts that have been 
placed on you, these negative thoughts that you see in yourself, it's not that they're permanent. It's not like they're final. It's the end all be all. Like, I don't like this, this about you. So that's it. You can't change it. You're incapable of like, you know, moving and growing and be better from it. You can. And I think that's something that's definitely comforting in conversations like this and why it's so important to have conversations like this. And yeah, moving forward. I think this was, I think this was a great talk. I think this was a chat I need today. Yeah. Um, we need to check in on ourselves more and like, because you, you, we, we navigate so regularly the world without like saying to ourselves what we know is there. Like when we sat down to name our toxic traits, we don't do this yeah. often, but we did have ones that immediately came to mind. And so like, just say them and don't be afraid of them. You know, like, you know, them in your heart. And like, you know, also that when your friends tell yeah. you them, they're not telling them to you because they hate you. Like they still are your friends and want to see you thrive. Like this is a time for us to all like learn ourselves and we're still growing and learning like the ways that we exist in the world, which is the beautiful part of it. Like that's the one thing. And I, I know I've said this in the past episodes, but we're like 12, bro. Like we have so much life ahead of us. Like, and this is a constant exploration that I don't think is ever ending. So I'm not like looking forward to like turning 30 and like finally knowing who I am and like knowing everything. But like, it's exciting that like we're able to begin this now so that we have these tools to serve us for like the rest of our lives like that's amazing so i feel like that's something to feel good about and you know look forward okay to i'm it. glad we were able to end this conversation on a on a higher note because you know it could be getting a little you know a lot of self-reflection but yeah this was a great <laughs> chat and i think kind of ending it rounding it off the way that we always do is just a little check-in about what's bringing us joy right now honestly i found this new i found this new, one benefit of having a car is I found this hiking trail nearby that I've been taking my dog to a lot instead of just like walking in our neighborhood. And that's been so nice. Like I can just, you know, pop him in the back seat and we go. And it's been, I'm going to go right after this. So that's definitely my bringing me joy. I'm trying to like, you know, it's like that time of year where it starts. This is a one downfall of fall and winter. And you know, I love this season. I love every season, but I love these getting cold and like snuggly. But, um, it's i'm trying to be outside it gets dark at like 2 p.m <laughs> it's like cold it's like 20 degrees overnight so you know i'm gonna put some layers on but i'm trying to enjoy oh, the yes. outdoors until the snow stops me from doing it so that's where i'm at and and actually another thing bringing me joy i know you guys i told you guys that i gardened that was my like summer quarantine that's project great. i finally harvested my collard greens and i got to eat them on thanksgiving it was amazing <laughs> so that was yeah well i let my auntie make them i don't know how to make collard greens i just took them over there <laughs> oh, i'm not american leave me alone okay <laughs> I, I saw how you look ah, you caught me off guard you really <laughs> caught me off guard you said you don't know what collard greens are oh my god i'm gonna bring you some one day please do i'm picturing string beans in my head but i feel like me that way no no they're literally people are not gonna agree with me on this but it is the best thanksgiving dish and i rest my that's the hill i'm gonna die on <laughs> Are you sure? That's the one? For real. Honestly, throw the mac and cheese away. Throw the yam oh, away. All right. <laughs> so, the end of this podcast, we will no longer be making any new episodes. Not throwing the mac and cheese. I know, I know, I know. That's why I was like, okay, anyways. Let's bring um, it. Kyle, <laughs> anyways, so. I know I make fun of you for the outdoors, but I have been going to parks a lot more recently. I've been going on like walks and stuff. I think maybe exercise, kind of working out again. It makes me feel better. I went thrifting yesterday. I've just spent a lot of time with my friends recently. It's been really fun and refreshing, just doing a lot of cool things. So yeah, 
outdoors. We love to see it. That's it. Well, that is all that we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of season two of Black Girl Blueprint. And yeah, we can't wait for you all to tune in to yes. us. This was a much needed conversation today. A lot to unpack about ourselves. You know, this is the beginning. But until the next episode, until next Friday, make sure you keep up with us on Instagram at Black Girl Blueprint and on Twitter at B Girl Blueprint, where you can send us any questions, any discussion topics, any guests you want to see. Like, literally, let us know. This is a conversation. We just be talking to ourselves, but we want to hear from y'all. So, like, let us know. Send us in. Do you have any confessions that we can talk about in our Read the Room? Is some stuff happening in your life? Like, let us know. We, we want to hear it. And if you like this episode, let us know by subscribing and leaving a review. You know, a little We'll say a little nice something does, you know. Um, but yes, thank you and see you yes. all next Bye. week. Bye. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes.